Welcome to Never Again Is Now, a podcast about anti-Semitism. I'm Evelyn Marcus. And I am Phyllis Simbler-Miller. Relationships between Blacks and Jews in the United States have varied depending on the era. Jewish leaders marched side by side with Martin Luther King Jr. for civil rights in the 1960s. What about today, though, when Black Lives Matter proponents may target Jews as quote-unquote white oppressors? Today, our special guest is a Black Jew who will share with us his perspective. Henry Allen Hutchinson II is an American film director who served in the United States Air Force and graduated from the American Jewish University with an undergraduate degree in literature, in literature, communication, and media. He converted to Judaism in January of 2018. Kenry, thank you so much for coming on our show and welcome. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Henry, could you first share with us your background and are you comfortable sharing with us why you convert to Judaism? Uh, yes and yes. Uh, so my background is uh, my mother's American, mostly black American, and my father, he, uh, him and his family are from Belize. Um, so if anyone want to pull up their nice little map, it's nestled between the in the in the gulf of mexico uh just south of mexico and east of uh of guatemala so um i have a very i say intriguing origin uh because you know it's you know belize isn't necessarily like black per se but it's very mixed race um and my mom, my mom and dad, they met here in Los Angeles in high school. Uh, they had me while they had me while they were in high school, uh, and yeah. So I, yes, as I mentioned, I spent most of my time here, and then I started off at university in Northern California, and then moved into the Air Force, uh, which I spent four years between 2010 and 2014. Uh, once I finished my uh, my contract, I began to attend LA City College for a couple of years to study film production and directing, uh, which took me on a path, an unusual path, which was to American Jewish University, uh, where, as I mentioned, I studied literature, communication, and media. But also, that's where I came full frontal with Judaism. Uh, and it was from there I actually um actually a previous the kind of the 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 light bulb moment actually happened at one of your previous uh one of your one of your previous people who uh, who came on your podcast um Rabbi Michael Berenbaum it was actually in his class in April of 2017 where I just had the kind of the uh close quote come to Jesus moment um except not Jesus but Jews Judaism um. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah that's where it started and you know my um history with judaism has has been interesting considering that you know i grew up uh pentecostal non-denomination 
And you can say that's where my affinity for Judaism began. Um, just because of, you know, talking Bible or Torah, as you may say. And, and also just my interactions with Jews and throughout the, you know, throughout my life up to that point. Um, and then when I got out the service, I will say I was, you know, somewhat religious. I wasn't as religious growing as I was when I was a, as a younger, a younger person. I traveled around a little bit, meet a bunch, met a bunch of people. Uh, one of the things that I craved outside of like, one of the things I craved was to have some sort of direct, like, you know, moral, spiritual direction, um, and also community. And leaving the Air Force, it's you're you're leaving your community. You're leaving a bunch of people that you know you have broke bread with and fought alongside. And so I was looking for community. I was looking for spiritual guidance. I was looking for something that matches more of my temperament and particular outlook on the world. And you know, Judaism was there, and it came to me at a very intriguing time in my life. So. Uh, yeah, I started the process in April 2017 after, you know, my class. It was the called the Jewish Nation with uh, Rabbi Berenbaum. And I literally talked to a friend who converted, found the intro to Judaism, uh, Miller intro to Judaism program at AJU. And then I've been on that boat ever since. Interesting. And uh, yeah, so the, the, the Jewish community is also, was also a big factor in attracting you to Judaism. Precisely. So let's roll back to your experiences earlier, especially uh, in the Air Force. So in the Air Force, did you face anti-Black sentiments directly to you? And then did you overhear uh, anti-Jewish sentiments expressed at either Jewish members of the Air Force or just, you know, an everyday conversation when people use those derogatory terms? Okay, so I'll answer the second question first because I think the first question is a, it's a little bit more to unpack. But um, in my experience, I I was I was thinking of, I had thought about like man, how many Jewish people that I I have actually met in the military, and I can only come up to number to two people. So okay, wait, I need to say this one thing for our audience because I I have frequently done a lot of work. Jews serve in the U.S. military in the same percentage that they serve in the U.S. population. And this is something I always try to get across, that yes, right. American Jews do serve in the U.S. military. But since the percentage of Jews in the U.S. population is small, that's not unusual that Henry didn't come across a lot of Jews in the military. Okay, that's my paid announcement. Go ahead. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, I came across uh, two that I knew of, that I knew that we have had uh, either we've had some sort of conversation. Uh, one of them, particularly, she was from uh, Brooklyn and um, her mother and I had so happened to share the same birthday. Uh, she unfortunately passed away some time ago. But um, in terms of any sort of, like, say, anti-Jewish or anti-Semitic uh, statements or anything like that, not you, that's something that you really didn't hear Um from my perspective and, you know, the people I interacted with, um, it just wasn't, you know, something, a topic of our conversations. Uh, but also at the same time, I was in the military from 2010 to 2014. So there was, so the SAD environment was extremely different. And I will say at that time, there wasn't any hoopla 
like big hooplas going on in Israel and Palestine, even though there always is. But I think to the, it, it was never brought to the concern of, of us and the service. Uh, but the black question is uh, is quite intriguing because there is I in in while in the service I never I'm not gonna say I never. I have experienced some level of racism and bigotry. Um, I'll give you a great story. Uh, I used to co so when I was at my my first duty station in Virginia, I used to coach youth football, um, and in a town that was about 98 percent white. And I you know to this day I love this town. I love it. I love the kids. Uh, now they're young men because this was. Uh, back into 2011, now we're in 2023. So a lot of them now have beards and all grown <laughs> up and stuff and have tattoos and, you know, they're working and finish universities. So I'm, you know, I'm so proud of them uh, for what the men that they became. Uh, but yes, but, you know, at the time um, I was the only black coach uh, and little to my knowledge that there was a small minority, but vocal minority of, you know, parents who did not like the fact that I was uh, coaching their child. Um, and within this town, you know, it's very, it's, it's, it's right next to a very, a very prominent African-American community that is pretty notorious for its violence uh, in, in Newport News, Virginia. So, and then Hampton has a little bit of his trouble and this town is, you know, the town is Picolson. Uh, which is, you know, just south, if I remember not south or west of it. Um, and so from there, I didn't directly face it, but news came to light um, later when one of the, when the head coach came to me and told me about the things that happened um, where because of me, he was, he was, he, you know, he was getting tech, you know, nasty text messages, um, and then also getting feces thrown at his house uh, because of me. And, you know, like, unfor you know, unfortunately, he had to face it. And he, what he did, he tried to do, he tried to shield me from uh, all that noise because he wanted, you know, he knew, he knew that I love these kids and I wanted to coach these kids. Uh, and his wife at the time, she used to work at Hampton University, which is a, uh, historically black college and what she did was she got a couple of her students and she brought them over so now we have more black coaches so that just really kind of ticked off everybody interesting uh, Ep yeah. so evelyn has a question now about the adl sure, sure. evelyn evelyn did you cut off Um, I'm having some tech difficulties again. Sorry about that. It's okay. Yeah. Would you like me to ask that question? Yes, please. Okay. Oh, no, I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm okay, go ahead. So surveys by the Anti-Defamation League have found that the percentage of people holding anti-Semitic views is significantly higher in the Black population than in the general American population. How are Jews perceived by those members of the Black community who are anti-Semitic? 
Could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yes. So uh, I think it's a really good question. Um, I think one of the things we have to consider uh, is when we think of um, when we think of Jews uh, in the United States, um, it has to. It sometimes it comes with this caveat, <clears throat> and I feel like this is a this is a topic of conversation that's happening within the Jewish community in terms of what is white, um, and who is white, and. I think historically, for especially over the past fifty to sixty sure. years, we have had you know this this major conversation about are Jews white people or are they not? Because the sentiments, some of the anti-Semitic sentiments, could be actually attributed to the fact that Ashkenazi Jews present as white, and that and that part that that is there. Um, so there's definitely an anti-whiteness to. Uh, people in the black community there's also uh and, and there's also just an, a level of anti-jewishness just straight up there's had nothing to do with being white and it has to do with them with many blacks who who moved from the south to the cities uh during the 30s and to the 20s the 10s the 20s and the 30s so in the midwest and new york city where many black people are now interacting with jews uh, and their experiences wasn't, let's say the experiences wasn't always pleasant. I think that's the case with many minorities within the United States that you have two minority communities living next to each other. There's going to be tension. Uh, it's particularly in the United States where, especially in these communities, like for example, let's go to New York. Cause I feel like we're going to talk about, for example, like maybe even the crown Heights riots, maybe a little bit later, but, uh, Jews at this time, you know, they owned a lot of the, you know, of the shops, many of the uh, apartment complexes and many things like that. So the relationship between uh, Jews and blacks, particularly during the early 20th century, was always in as it's this big dip, this power dynamic of like, the person with money and the person without money. And even, that's even comes down to, you know, the funding of the, the NAACP and the Urban League, who were a lot, of, or even a lot of the historically black colleges who were, which was funded by um, quite a bit of uh, the Jewish people. So there's a bit of a resentment that, that is nestled within that of having kind of this secondary role of, hey, they're, you know, we're following the money type of thing, which it's not true. Because uh, I think once you understand Jews and what many Jews really want to accomplish, uh, I think you can see that there's a kinship that Jews have uh, about towards Black people, and in terms of uh, similar struggles. And I, you know, and and even within a you know a large segments in the Black community, that's still the case as well. Uh, but I feel like there's things that we get, you know. But the thing is, I feel like, especially within the black intellectual class, uh, which is what I will consider left. So what I mean by left, I mean anti-capitalistic, uh, anti-liberal, uh, anti-Western heterodox thinking uh, thinkers. That's what I, when, when, we, when people usually say left, that's not, and not in a derogatory manner, but that's what they usually mean. When we say when we say left or Marxist, uh, Maoist thinkers, um, 
the big, you know, some of the big proponents, some of the big thinkers uh, in the black community were considered in the left. And that came into prominence. It didn't come too much into prominence until about the 60s, where we start having the, you know, the, the rise of black nationalism. Uh, black nationalism has, you know, has existed, but it's taken a, it took a whole new twist with the Black Panthers, uh, and 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 similar movements like the Nation of Islam. Even though the Nation of Islam has been around since the '30s, but you have obviously, you know, people like Malcolm X, and especially after the Six Day War in '67, you have a you know this big change uh, within the Black community. Uh, that start to really resonate with the called the global left. So the relationship with Arabs is actually very crucial to that, but also sympathies for, you know, very anti-Semitic groups. So the Nation of Islam, for example, have 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 then and now have associations with known Ku Klux Klan members and um, no Nazi, uh, you know, Nazi party members. So that's not... It's not, it's, that's not really a far-fetched, it's not a very far-fetched thing. And I feel like a lot of Jews, particularly progressive Jews, really tend to ignore this, these, these histories because it's, you know, I think presently it's kind of bias and a butt. Uh, but you have that intellectual, that left-leaning intellectual uh, anti-Semitism there. And then obviously that transformed to anti-Zionism, which now it's kind of a bit of a double-edged sword. So this left left thinking infiltrated um the black community because i uh some of this is originated within black intellectualism uh the thought the thought process of the jews being you know money hungry and some of those very tropic things that we heard from christian europe for over you know for a few thousand years so it's but the thing is, is but the, th the difference between that, like black the the black anti-Semitism that began with the new left, uh, or even or that predates the new left, is that this is happens irregardless of what is happening in Europe, because there's a notion amongst many people, especially I'll say uh, left-leaning people, that you know, black people just osmosisly gained anti-Semitism. There's not something that is like originator and stuff like that. And I would disagree. It's a, a, it's a, a, it's very disrespectful because you're saying black people have no agency, but also we have to acknowledge that black, you know, black people have, there are some black people who have came to, came to that conclusion without any assistance of white people. Um, and I think that is where we really start seeing. And then from there, we start really seeing some uptick in, in anti-Semitism uh, and, even though like we start even to today, we start seeing groups like Black Lives Matter, uh, which is, you know, the kind of the next evolution of the new left, uh, which now it went, you know, during the 60s, it was more cultural. And then we start in adding intersectionality. So gender, race, sex into a, you know, a Marxist, Maoist preposition, presupposition, I think is the right term. Uh, then you get this mixture of thoughts and you get, now you get black lives matter. And, but the thing is that I mean, it's tenets towards Jews are still the same. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, a lot of 
blacks blacks who are really into like pan-africanism or black intellectualism or you know black nationalism they do hold these uh negative anti-semitic views um on jews i wanted to ask you about black lives matter oh go ahead evelyn yeah so if i understand you well you're saying um there there are black people in the united states who who look at jews as white people and so right. there is that general um let's say uh, tension between black and white people that also counts for jews as white people yes um there is also an influence of um um black intellectuals since the 60s uh, who are mostly uh, leaning left and um, anti-capitalism and associate Jews with money um, also because I, Jews see. also because Jews were so to speak in the 60s the, the, the shop owners and the blacks were the shop keepers um, yeah, I would just want to just want to make a couple of clarifications on that. So it wasn't just in the 60s because you have no you have notions with people like Marcus Garvey, who can't, you know, who predates the 1960s, but he's a huge foundational foundation of black nationalism, you know, in the 1920s and 1930s, spewing anti-Semitism. Uh, so it's not it wasn't just the 1960s where it began, but it took on a new face in the 1960s. And a lot of the in a lot of the interactions between blacks and Jews. It also, again, started in the 1910s, 1920s. So these sentiments have kind of been building over, let's say, 40 to 50 to 60 years until we get to the 1960s. And then um, being in the uh, political left movement, um, yes. the, the association of, of blacks and Arabs uh, also yes. happened, which led to exactly. Zionism. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. And and so the black, let's talk 2023 now. Would sure. you say that a plank of the Black Lives Movement is anti-Semitism? That is an important part, a small part. How does that fit into what we've been talking about? Yes. Yeah, so it's going to be a very complicated, uh, that's very complicated. Okay, it's a simple answer because we have a lot of questions there. Sure, sure, sure. It's so uh, from my perspective, the answer is yes. Uh, just because if we, if I, I equate anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism, uh, I think you can't necessarily distinct between the two. Because even if you were to argue that, oh, I'm just anti-Zionist, how does that anti-Zionism normally plays out? It plays out as in some sort of antagonism towards Jews who live who don't live in Israel, but they live in Europe, or they live in you know in the Americas, or they live in Australia, or what so. So, yes. Um, and I think also with having that Marxist under under that, that Marxist language and Marxist, you know, foundation, which, in fact, is also pretty anti-Semitic. Uh, it's there, even if even if the person individually do not believe that they are anti-Semitic or even anti-Zionist, I think with even within the, the ideology and the thought process, it is extremely anti-Semitic and anti-Zionist. Thank you for that explanation, Evelyn. Went to the next question. Um, so now let's discuss what you have been experience, what you have been experiencing since October seventh. Um, for those people who know you are Jewish, 
Yes. Has there been increased pushback against you? Um, no. Um, I, I'll be honest with you just because I, I haven't been as vocal because, uh, usually when things happen, I, I prefer to just listen. Um, however, I am surprised by social, what's going on on social media, by people that I know who are saying things that I find pretty important. Um, because I was like, wow, you, this is what you really believe. And many people, most people who know me don't know me as Jewish because it's not, I don't come across with a very, obviously with very particular Jewish features. <laughs> so uh, I may not get it as much, um, but also um, it, it kind of hurts. Not kind of hurts, it hurts when I, you know, I see people post certain things that are fab either fabrications or extremely anti-Semitic. Um, and it, it breaks my heart. Um, so it's been a bit of a, a bit of a rustle to deal with and to, to understand what, what, where people are coming from and how did people get to the beliefs that they have? So let's talk about, <laughs> is there any hope? What can be done about improving relationships between blacks and Jewish people in the United States? And is it a relationship worth fighting for? <laughs> Uh, the relationship is worth fighting for. Um, I think what we need to do is, so I think we have to acknowledge, I think for, for, I think for Jews, we, we have to acknowledge uh, the position, how we come into some of these, uh, let's say, political alignments. We come into it in a sense of like, yes, we want to help and be of assistance and stuff like that. But also at the same time, many black people feel that Jews are only using them to advance their own political goals and agendas. And, and I don't want to say it and make it sound like, you know, all the Jews are on the same page because that's definitely yeah. not true. I'm sure you learned <laughs> and, that. <laughs> oh, you know, I, when they said, you know, two Jews, three opinions, I think they were being very nice because it's like Jews, two Jews, 20 opinions. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I, I think we have to get away from some of these stereotypes of, you know, Jews controlling media and Jew, Jews are this and Jews are that, but also I have to acknowledge that regardless of the fact that Jews are only 2% of the United States population, they do, we do, can, do have a huge influence on Many, on many things that are uh, coming out, particularly in our literature, within our media and stuff like that. And that has to do with the fact that these are the jobs that Jews had, you know, to work and build themselves up. Exactly. So it's not it's not like, you know, there's some conspiracy because I'm still waiting for my card, my 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 my, my card to the to the Jewish uh, conspiracy meeting. <laughs> I haven't got it yet. So if you can send it to me, please let me know. I want to be part of it. Um <laughs> But, <laughs> but what you just said, I think, is is worth repeating without going into a history lesson. When Jews came as immigrants right. to the United States, there were only certain fields open to them, both as immigrants and as Jews. And so there is yes. a concentration of Jews in certain industries today. Yeah. And especially the industry that I work in. I mean, remember, you know, in the 1900s, no one wanted to work in Hollywood. It was a bunch of whack jobs and weirdos. So who wants to work with whack jobs and weirdos? It was not seen as a respectable industry. Obviously, it did not become really respectable into the studio. And into, you know, obviously, the studio industry came about. Or, yeah, the studio system started coming about yes. into, in the 1910s and 20s. But I digress. 
it's back to the question. Um, so I think as Jews, we have to understand that uh, the, how we're getting into these relationships, we're getting to relationships in terms of political and political means, but also in a sense of enemies. Like, so we come together because we have a shared suffering, mm-hmm. which is good, but it's also bad because the thing is, is that we're not seeing each other for who we are mm-hmm. as people and as individuals. So that's actually like my biggest big, if I have a big fright with people in the Jewish community, particularly Ashkenazi Jews, is that we gotta we gotta move past the, the politics. We gotta get moved past all that. Because the thing is, is that you're only seeing black people for what is presented, what is presented in this very political sense, which is actually pretty prejudice. And because it's like the bigotry of low expectations. You know, when you talk to, you know, some Jews about black, like some of the most, I'll be honest, some of the most important racist things that have ever was said to me was by other Jews. Like I went on the, I went on the date with this one girl some years ago, a couple of years ago. And, you know, I was like, Hey, you know, like, because if we say if we got together, got married and we had a kid, the kid will be, you know, perceived as black. And, uh, you know, I asked her, I was like, how do you feel about if we were to have a black child? And she's like, I don't want a black child. I'm like, whoa. Why would you say that to me? Uh, like, what do you think we're trying to do? We're just here socializing and talking. So things like that, like in, like things like that, where many some Jews have this, you know, have this 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 bigotry about black people and what they're perceived because of what they learn in university and what they see on television. And the thing is, they don't really they have not really interacted with black people who are not part of that crew. And I think that's the key. I'm going to have another commercial break right here for our listeners. Sure. What When he talks about Ashkenazi Jews, he's talking about Jews primarily from Eastern Europe and Western Europe. And in Israel, this is not the case in terms of, I, I, I don't want to quote numbers without knowing for sure, but I recently saw, okay, so I'm just saying, I recently saw something like 50% of Jews, I'm not talking about others in Israel, don't present as white. So I think it's, and many of them are what we call yes. Sephardic or Mizrahi, and they come from Arab yes. countries where they were kicked out after um, uh, 1948. So I think this is really important to say that the American Jewish communities, by and large, are not as knowledgeable about the fact that Jews come in all different colors. Yes. I just wanted to make that clear. Because we and have- also- I also want to add just another thing. So if you're talking about the population in Israel, you know, 20% of the population in Israel is either Arab or Bedouin. So like this, so this notion, this I, I just really want to dispel this quick notion is that Israel is white. That's so not true. I mean, even in my opinion, Ashkenazi Jews aren't white. It's, I just have to say that. Um, but despite that, Israel isn't a white country. And this this idea that it is is actually extremely troubling. And um, I, I would like to add that maybe in the eyes of an American black person, an Ashkenazi Jew, an Eastern European Jew or an American Jew is um, white. But yes. to, hit, to Hitler, those Jews were not white enough. And for them, yes. they were killed. 
Exactly. Uh, so I know people who have dyed their hair blonde mm -hmm. during World War II to stay, yeah. you know, to 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 um, not not to seem to be Jewish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think an, I think another ending that I will definitely want to add to that is, you know, this idea of, uh, of Jewish exceptionalism. I mean, now it's coming to question with what things are going on with the university system. But, you know, for really kind of the first like United States is really the really one of the first places where Jews were able to go and excel and really didn't have some of those barriers to entry that they experienced while in Europe or even to, you know, into the Middle East and into Africa and stuff like that allowed to really show what you can do. And you've seen that within the education system. You see that within the Ivy League system. You've seen that in you know, many of the corporations, uh, many of the nonprofits, intellectualist space, just even sports. I mean, Red Arbeck is actually one of my favorite people. So, like, you seem given Jews, Jews haven't given that opportunity, have took that baton and had just ran with it as if they were Jamaican sprinters. Because it's like it's like finally we have the opportunity to go out and like show what we can do, and I feel like a lot of people, I'll say some people are jealous of that because they felt like because they you know when they get the baton they can't they don't can't go as far, and I think, I think just talking just talking about your question, Phyllis, uh, like what things that black people can do, I think. Something I one thing is like I think black people could learn from what some of the things that Jews have done to help improve themselves because my God we know Jews have learned from black people as well so we have to make sure that that exchange of information exchange of knowledge uh, generational knowledge and things like that are are passed uh, free flowingly between the communities um, because I feel like both communities can both help each other um, not in a not just in a political sense but just in a friend sense of uh, the sense of like you know what i don't see you for the the political entity that i see you for but i see you as you as a jew as a person but you as a jew as an individual and i think and i yes i understand your struggles but also we're not binding together because of struggles we're bonding together because of shared experience shared compassion shared knowledge and you know honestly torah is a great place to even share as well um, Henry, um, do you have recommendations for our listeners as to how they can respond to anti-Jewish and anti-Black statements? Okay. Um, I think it depends on the space. Um, I feel like with a lot of, let's say, our younger, uh, say, your younger viewers or millennials and Gen Zers, you know, their first instant reaction is to go and prophetize themselves on uh, social media and I feel like that's a that's don't do that uh, because you're really it's a bit it's a bit narcissistic because it's really making it about you instead of about the people that it is harming uh, honestly you know I'm pretty old-fashioned but I feel like the only way to combat anti-semitism anti-blackness or just bigotry as a whole is how you carry yourself as a person um, when you walk out into the world, you understand that, you know, these, these things aren't right. And then, yes, you should address it, but address it in a manner where it's respectful. Re address it in a manner that is not, you're not taking away the humanity of somebody else, because most things that are said 
in a bigoted manner is set out of ignorance, not necessarily out of like a true deep seated hatred. With those people, there's nothing you can do. But in terms of most people, it's about opinion. So honestly, ask, talk, be inquisitive. I think that's a beautiful thing um, about Judaism and about being Jewish is the is the always trying to figure things out and to question. And just because someone says something anti-Semitic or, or sexist or whatever, don't shut them down. Invite them. Invite them in. Do the opposite. You know, Sun Tzu, Art of War, you know, <laughs> is what, like, you do what other people are, you don't expect. I mean, we can talk about the whole Palestinian-Israeli issue or Gaza-Israeli issue. And, you know, what the Gazas are doing is exactly what is, is written in Sun Tzu, Art of War. So, and the thing is, these things work because we have to, uh, like, when they're expecting to get pushed back. When you invite them in, you invite them in and you show them and you reveal their humanity. That's how we can connect with people. That's how we can, that's how we can have these discourses because thank God we we're not having to, you know, deal with the situation that is in our homeland. But, you know, here, at least we have the space to actually have these conversations before, you know, hopefully pray to God, you know, it gets violent. So try to have a respectful conversation um, with somebody who stated uh, anti-Semitic or anti-Black yes. things. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. And as someone has said to me, even a simple question like saying to someone calmly, what do you mean by that? Or what does that mean to you? It sounds like such a simple question, but it's a great opener, I've been told. I haven't gotten yes, to try it out yet, I admit. <laughs> but as we come to the end of this really fascinating interview, do you have any last thoughts that you wish to share with our audience? Uh, yes. So, um, excuse my French, but I have to say, um, I think coming to Judaism has been the best fucking thing I've <laughs> ever done. Um. And again, I'm sorry to to those, but I, that's how I generally feel about Judaism, not just as a, a religious belief, but also as being part of the community and um and just being part of this life. And I that's something I've just been ever since I've converted. It's been an amazing experience. Um, and I want to say that we as a people, we have to understand that. We like we for the first time in many years we are in control a lot of a lot of things that we can do. We're now we don't have to respond to what somebody else does. So we have to allow our action. So we have to be very conscious of our actions and how we interact with the world and interact with ourselves and even within our own community. Because I'll be honest with you, it tore my heart that you know. The Jew, these people in the Jewish community were tearing themselves over because it's like one person voted for Trump and the other person voted for Clinton or Biden. And we can't, or even what happened when, you know, uh, with the Supreme Court in Israel um, and stuff like that, we can't allow these things to divide us because we're only 15 million people. I mean, seriously, there's more people, there's more people in LA, um, I think LA County than there is Jewish people in the world. So we need to be very conscious of that. So like when we divide ourselves, we're really 
making our we're making it hard for ourselves because the people who do want to hurt us are going to see that as an opportunity to attack us. And I don't mean that physically, but I mean that emotionally, I mean that spiritually, I mean that intellectually. So the thing is, I'm not saying that we need all these come together and sing Kumbaya, but the thing is we need to have grace. Very Christian word, I know, but. I know, but it's it's a beautiful, beautiful sentiment. And I thank you for coming on the show and being willing to discuss this often difficult topic, and but but very important topic. And I thank our listeners for listening. For those of you who want to know more about Evelyn and myself for our work, you can go to Never Again Is Now podcast and YouTube, Spotify or, or Apple Podcasts. And as we say, as we end every show, please speak up against anti-Semitism and all hate.